This week, we're joined by special guest Brian Dodge. Brian is an inspirational speaker, author, and family business specialist. And we talk about all kinds of aspects of improving communication, like the four steps to better communication and the power of being really curious when we're having conversations with people and the impact that that curiosity can have when we're really listening. Welcome to Communication on Point. I'm your host, Dean Hefta, and I'm looking forward to you hearing some insights from Brian and looking for how he turns the table on me. Let's get started. I'm excited to introduce my good friend and mentor, Brian Dodge, to the show. Brian, welcome to Communication on Point. Dean, it's awesome to participate with you on this program. And you and I both know, you know when there's a connection and you have great communication with a friend like you and how well you've been with my family. You and I have to interrupt our conversation just so we can go ahead and put a show together for you. I know. We were were running out of time, so it's good that we shifted to actually doing the show. And. You know, you, you've, you've covered so much ground with your company and in your career as a speaker, an author, a consultant, and the things that you've created as an entrepreneur. And a lot of your focus is really on communication and leadership, but really in that, that family sphere, that, that, that expertise that you bring to family organizations. And when I think about family organizations, it doesn't matter if, if I'm somebody that's working at a Fortune 500 company or I'm, I'm working for myself or a a family organization. I think what's cool about family companies is they're this awesome crucible of human dynamics and, you know, communication opportunities and challenges. And sometimes that communication can break down. And I'd love to hear from you about tough conversations and when communication breaks down and teach me some of those principles that I need to keep in mind. And then let's talk a little bit about how that plays out in some of that family business world. How does that sound? Oh, I think it's awesome. First of all, we're all family. Right. The more you can understand that, the better you can communicate. And then more importantly, you talk about difficult conversations. Let me ask you a question, Dean. You ultimately want to be focusing on leadership. You want to be focusing on communication. And your heart really lies on developing the third stage. And what was that again? I love helping individuals and organizations clarify their strategy. Where are we headed? How are we going to get there? And really building that plan. Strategy. And just between you and me and the whole wide world, you're the best at that. <laughs> so I got a question to ask you. Okay. Communication. When I, when, when you say communication and you're looking within an organization, what do you think are the two greatest difficulties they have to overcome some of their real possibilities? Well, I think one of them is uh, individuals and organizations get really caught up in the details before they've even figured out what they really want. So instead of starting with the end in mind, we start talking about all of these opinions and tools and strategies and ways of getting there and people aren't even on the same page of where they're going. I think that's one of the really big, maybe the biggest piece of it. And then I think the second piece of it is uh, the assumptions that we make about other people's intentions. Those are the two biggies for me. What, what do you see? Oh, no. People don't make us. <laughs> no, well, I'm assuming that. <laughs> that's not possible. When did that ever become a possibility to the human race? Mm-hmm. So, I got another question for you. Leadership. You've been a great leader, not only as a father, 
um, but also a husband, but also a great businessman and also a great friend. What do you contribute your leadership skills to and why do you see that we're running into so little of it in America today? Well, this is a certainly, um, you know, interesting time. I think there's a <laughs> Chinese parable maybe that may you live in interesting times and these are certainly interesting times. And leadership is certainly uh, important. And I think part of that is, I think there's a couple of things going on that, that affects some of the current state of leadership. And I don't know if this helps me, hopefully this helps me in my leadership or that I, that I have done or try to do. I think one is, are you, are you uh, running a popularity contest? You know, so if, if the person in charge is dependent on the, the opinion of the people they're leading, I think that can water down their ability to, to stay focused on where they need to go, on the principles that are underlying what they're working on, and the decisions that are many times very challenging and tough and emotional that have to be made. And so I think recognizing that people are not always going to like the decision I make is one thing that's important and that is needed right now. And um, the ability to have a principles that you believe in regardless of what's happening in the moment is key too. And so you see people that are maybe finding themselves in positions of decision-making and power and influence and authority. And if you don't have clarity of why am I doing what I'm doing, where are we headed and what do I believe? Then I think you're, you just got everything upside down. Yeah. And one of the key elements you talked about is the principles. If the tough decisions are not made in line with your principles, then you do not give that possibility an opportunity to grow. And too often, there's where the possibilities get lost. So if you, uh, I've seen the way you've lived your life through, you know, good times and those days. I love those days, you and I both do, that make those other days look so much better, if you know what I mean. Right. And there, like I always say, I get up every morning with a specific plan. I do. And that plan would work out perfectly if it wasn't for people and circumstances. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we realize that's why we're on this earth to make that difference, but understanding your principles. So we talk about communication, which I feel you did a great job of responding to that. You talk about leadership, nail it. Got to make tough choices. Leaders have to make the difficult choices when they're hard to make. But if they stay in line with their principles, they'll never regret it. Now, the third category you talk about is strategy. Why do people have such a difficult time and companies and families and especially family-owned businesses have such a difficult time establishing a strategy and staying on it, in your opinion? Well, I mean, when I think about family-owned businesses, yeah, that could be a, a dry cleaner. That could be a farm that's been in, in the family for four generations. Uh, family-owned businesses can be a lot of things. And I think so often we get off strategy or we don't think about strategy because so much of what we do is tied to the things we do or have always done. So we begin to really create these limiting beliefs or these limits of possibility of what's in front of us. And we end up just filling our days by being busy. And we miss the opportunity to really connect with our customers. We miss the opportunity to think about new possibilities and we don't step back. That's, that's one of the most fun things that I get to do is 
work with a leadership team, an organization, and be that person who really doesn't know how things work to guide them through a series of questions that force them to step back and say, what do our customers really need? What's the real challenge that they're facing? And how do we help them in the most efficient way possible? And so it forces you to step back from the routines that we don't even think about that really get in the way of delivering value to say, let's make sure that we're focused on our customers. So I think it's easy to not really have a clear problem you're working to solve or that you're helping your clients solve. And you get just really caught up in doing the day-to-day thing that we do every day in and out. And pretty soon the world's changed and, and, and you don't know what's happened. That, that's my take on it. We don't even think about it, did you say? Right. We just, I mean, I mean, we're, our brains are pretty lazy, right? My, I've got a pretty lazy brain. It wants to do as little work as possible. And that plays out in the organizations. And so all of a sudden, we're just doing things because we've always done things. And then suddenly we're surprised we're not getting the results that we want to get. Interesting. You know why we have just this short minute together, you and I, to share some experience, some knowledge, and some real care for those that had the opportunity to listen to your program. They might be asking, why is Brian asking all the questions when it's Dean's show? He should be asking Brian the questions. Well, aren't we here to demonstrate communication? That's right. So communication falls into four categories. And if those of you are listening right now, I want you to make a note of this. Number one is hear it out. Care more about what they're saying, what they're thinking, what they want to share. Because here's the good news. The good Lord gave us two ears and one mouth for a reason. We've all heard that a billion times. You might want to pay attention to the concept. You need to listen more than you talk. Okay? Number two is feed it back. So number one is hear it out. Number two is feed it back. You said a comment. I fed it back. What did you do, Dean? You elaborated on it. Right. How many of you in family businesses, how many of you listening right now have come home and your wife says, oh, you're home late again? And you just unleash. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you would just learn how to communicate better and just stop and pause and say, I'm home late again, you'd be amazed how she says, that's not what I meant. What I really meant was you cannot believe it happened to me today. Hmm. So you have to understand in communication is step number one is hear it out. Most people are not interested in learning. They're interested in talking. Most people are not interested in what you think or how you think. They're more interested in what they want and how you're supposed to give it to them. So the ability to humble yourself, to realize you know so little, and Dean, you and I are students of knowledge, and I can't tell you how many times people come up to me and go, you must know a ton. No, I know enough to know I don't know anything. Right. So then you begin to really be excited to listen. And also, more importantly, before I go into the third category, ask better questions. Dean, a conversation is based on the question. It's not based on the comment. And it's not based on your opinion. It's not based on the facts. If anybody listening right now wants to walk away with a piece of gold, how leaders become better leaders is they ask better questions than they've ever asked before today. So I challenge you in this process, hear it out, feed it back, and then the third category I want you to write down is clarify. 
would you not agree, Dean, not in only in businesses, but in family businesses and in America today? We're having a real hard time of clarifying exactly what people are meaning based on what they're saying. Do you agree? Certainly. I mean, people, people attach meaning to different words. It's, you, could, you watch people have arguments about a word and not, they don't realize they are talking about two completely different things, even though it's the same word. Oh, unbelievable. So there's a subconscious and then there's the conscious. The conscious is what it is. The subconscious holds the truth. So by hearing it and feeding it back, as long as you feed it back within the same phrase, it bypasses the conscious and goes to the subconscious. You have how many kids now? Uh, one. He just graduated eighth grade. Yeah. So I was, uh, you know, I still want to go on record saying you can't be qualified as a parent. No. When you have one child, like everybody says, when something's broken, you know who broke it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> if you have two children, now you have both of them looking at you like, not me. Now that's when you get to learn how to communicate. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, but you know, as well as I do with your one, there's times when they say things and too often as a parent, we don't understand the importance of communication. If they say, Hey, I can't find my shoes. Most parents say, what do you mean? I told you if you did that again. You get in trouble. If you're a great communicator, you use your body, you use your tone, you use your eyes, and you use proper words. You just kind of lower down to them, you lean into them, and you lower your vo voice down a little bit, and you go, well, if you could find your shoes, where would you look? And their eyes bounce back and forth, and they go, well, they're in mom's back seat in their car. You go, well, go get them suckers. So understanding the ability to get further than what is obvious in communication allows true communication to have room to expand and grow. Too often, the better part of the conversation never gets to that point, nor even gets into the conversation because somebody started the conversation with a wrong word or wrong face. So let me, let me before you go to number four, let me find out your experience because if our natural state or what people have, have often learned in their life is to make these assumptions and jump to conclusions and make statements instead of questions, how, how do I, if that's my pattern, if that's my history, how do I shift gears into making my response to ask questions and clarify? How do I make that leap? Very easy. Do something only humans can do. There's nothing on this earth that any, no animal, nothing can do this other than humans. And that is what? Pause. If you step on a cat's tail, what does that cat do? Okay? It doesn't know how to pause. If, so with humans, we have the ability to pause. So in communication, when somebody says something that A, doesn't sound right, doesn't make you feel right, you don't understand it, it may bring the hair up on your back, whatever it might be, pause. And then learn to talk to yourself before you talk to that person. Did you hear what I just said? So pause. Yeah. Have a conversation with myself first. First. So what I say is I would pause. Somebody would say something and I'll pause. And I'll say to myself, I wonder why he or she's saying that. Hmm. Doesn't sound like her. Doesn't sound like him. He doesn't even know me. Why would he say something so mean? I wonder what's going on. So I'm having this conversation. Obviously, don't do it out loud. They'll think you're crazy. That might be effective sometimes too. Yeah, it might be effective. But you just have this conversation. Since we talk to ourselves over 50,000 times a day, plus whatever it might be, you might want to learn how to talk to yourself more effectively. 
So the best conversation comes with the internal conversation before you have another conversation. So when somebody says something, pause, have a conversation. Say, why is that person saying that? Be more interested in why they're saying it than in less interested in what they said. So get curious inside myself instead of critical with them. Yeah. See, too often we get too defensive too soon and we break down the ability to understand where it's really coming from. And you know where loyalty comes from? You know where love comes from? You know where people have that connection of chemistry and, 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 uh, and just that friendship that's a lifetime friendship? They have a tendency to communicate more effectively together than any, any other place that they communicate. So we get beyond, above what we call the, the surface conversation. It gets more into the real depth of the conversation. Does that make sense? Certainly. Yep. And, and that's, I mean, for me, that's humility. Exactly. So when somebody says something to you that's really puts you in that, you know, and, and let's be transparent. I've been married 42 years. My wife can say things and immediately puts me into that state. Well, I've just learned, you know, that's, I love her more than life itself. She's my everything. So I say to myself, Hmm. Okay. Before I re react, I'm going to respond. See, if you don't pause, you're going to react. If you pause, you respond. And I'm going to either respond with a feeling that I don't like, or I'm going to respond in a way that I can find a feeling that I wish I had. How do I do that? I don't try to fix things. Because remember, you know, those of us that are married, our wives many times don't want us to fix it. We like fixing things. They just want us to hear what they're trying to communicate with us. Understand why they're saying it. You said it earlier, and I've always said it. Those that focus on the how always end up working for those that focus on the why. Why is that person saying what they're saying? Pause. Know your number. Mine's 10. If it's really a mean thing, I go to 10 before I even respond to that. That makes me really calm down. Okay? And then feed it back. Feed it back. Why is it important to feed it back? If, 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 here's a perfect analogy. You know what a porcupine is, right? Okay. You know, it's an animal, right? For sure, yeah, yeah, I know a porcupine. Yeah. Okay. So if you and I were sitting in a room and you and I have always had fun together, I mean, the one thing I, I laughed when you said, here's the amount of time we have to talk, and I said, really, Dean? You and I can do this for a month and never repeat the same topic. <laughs> so, so I'm trying to be very clear and very precise with four steps because they need to walk away with something that's concrete. If I was sitting in the room and I had this porcupine and I just said, hey, I'm going to have fun, I'm going to throw it in Dean's lap, I guarantee I know what you would do. You'd throw it back as quick right. as you could. Okay. So that's the strat. That's important. When somebody says something, don't respond to it. Feed it back. Well, I'm not having a good day. Not having a good day. Well, that's not what I said. Oh, I can't believe you're late again. I'm late again. No, that's not what I said. I was really talking about the kids were doing this and this and this. Really? The kids? Well, no, it's not the kids. It's their teacher. Their teacher? Really? No, it's this school system that we're going through. Wow. How you can go so deep by just feeding it back and letting them expand on it. Because only then can you find step number three. And one is what, Dean? Hear it out. Hear it out. When you're there, be there. And that's the one thing I believe the coronavirus and all this has done is help people slow down a little bit. My favorite phrase is when you are where you are, be there. You cannot communicate if you're not physically, emotionally, spiritually, in your eyes, in your ears, every aspect of your body present when somebody's communicating to you. There's nothing worse than somebody talking on the phone and you're having a conversation. 
You and I both know that's not communication. Right. Okay. Number two is feed it back because what they say is not always really what they mean. I know you've never done that before, right, Dean? Certainly not. You've never said something you didn't really mean, right? So just go on record. That's Dean's first lie of the program. Okay. So mark that as a moment. Okay. And then step number three is clarify. Clarify. We're missing that today. What I think you're saying, maybe not what you're really saying. Well, how I feel you, how I think you feel, maybe not really how you feel. So there's only one way, clarify. How do you clarify? You just repeat it. Based on what you told me, this is what is concerning you, or this is what you want to talk to about, or this is the situation we need to address, correct? And they go, yes. They go, where do you use this? Every aspect of your life. I don't care if they're eight-year-olds. I don't care if you've been married 42 years. I don't care if it's your grandchildren or your children. I don't care if it's your managers, your employees, your team. I don't care who it is. Not until clarification becomes a reality. Can a real communication ever have definition? So when they say, let me clarify. So what you're saying is this. Yes. Guess what they just said. If they say it, they own it. So now you've taken ownership. And the fourth step is to discuss. Discuss it. Most people don't like to discuss things they don't like to discuss. They don't want to resolve. They don't want to have this conversation. It's never the right timing. You've never heard that, right, Dean? Right. I'll talk to them later about that. Yeah, I'll talk to them later. No, discuss it so you know exactly what you're going to discuss. How often I've watched family businesses, Dean. I started consulting with one family business. Loved this family. Loved them. You know, and I believe God truly brought us into it. You know, I've got a full in-house consulting firm. We do everything under one roof. But the bottom line is we unite family because when families united, business is unstoppable. We can do everything else too, but that's our, that's our piece of gold. And when I started working with this company, the four brothers had not, even they're working on the same floor, no more than two doors apart, had not really talked to themselves for over a year. Yeah. You, could you imagine how devastating that was to a hundred-year-old family business? Oh, certainly. Almost put it completely in bankruptcy. Okay. And it all came back to areas of concern that they couldn't even remember how it got started. Yep. <laughs> yep. Hey, I don't know about you and you, but I don't know about you, but I, let me be transparent. Mark and I have had arguments after 42 years, and after we're done, we said, so what were, what were we arguing about again? Sure. Okay. Because we didn't follow the, the process. Hear it out. Feed it back. Clarify it. And now let's discuss it. Too many people put discussing as number one step. Real quick. So the discuss, what, what makes up a good discussion? If we're talking about these things that maybe we realize after clarifying that we're we're on different pages here. Mm -hmm. How do I make that discussion productive? No, once you clarify what the conversation is, you'll know this, the direction in which it needs to go. Okay, so the clarification, make sure that we're talking about the same thing. Yeah, and that we're going in the same direction. Because here's what I also know. When two talented people are talking about that with clarity, not hatred or frustration or irritation or something they're not even meaning to talk about. It was, 
a lot of times the conversation wasn't has anything to do with today. It's what you did two weeks ago. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So once that becomes a reality, then the discussion, when I say discussion, you're discussing for solutions, for answers. Everything has different outcomes. There can be some that has an answer. We're looking for an answer. It could be a solution. Okay, here's something we need to do differently. It's not just an answer, it's a behavior. Or it could be something that, hey, somebody said and it wasn't addressed at the right time. So now it became much bigger than it really was because it didn't follow the process. And then most importantly, resolution. We got to agree we're not going to resolve it. We can both agree to disagree. You know, uh, one thing I find very fascinating in couples is, you know, I married this guy, but I figured after I married him, I'd fix him. (laughs) (laughs) I don't care what you say. It's kind of funny when you think about it. You know, I have no idea why he didn't become what I wanted. Was he that way when you married him? No, but I was planning on getting him fixed. You know, (laughs) you know what we, until you realize what you fell in love with, you know, you're you're really unable then to allow it to grow. We're all different. We all have issues. We're all of us are imperfect. All of us have factors. And then the worst resolution is where people don't go through the process and they think by changing the people, they change the problems. By changing the people, they change the conversation. They don't. Mm-hmm. The common denominator stays, and that's the person that goes with that with that decision. I knew a guy. He said, yeah, I've been divorced three times. I'm starting to think that maybe the issue is me, but I'm not sure yet. Yeah, he's a slow learner. Yeah. Yeah. I'll never forget the one time I was with a couple, and God, I love this couple. We've been friends for life. And uh, so I said, okay, so you two are kind of irritated with each other. No, no question about it. And by the way, we all get there. So I said, okay, so what we're going to do, we're going to write down a list of everything that just really is your issue. So they wrote down this whole list and they put it, I said, okay, they turned around and gave it to me and they were like, I felt like this doctor dean, you know, it was like, it's like, I looked at it. So I, I thought, you know, me, I have a tendency to have fun with life. Right. Mm-hmm. So I decided to make a few, you know, mm, oh, really? Wow. And they're like drawing real close to it, you know? <laughs> it's like the surgeon that goes, oops. It's not a good sound from a surgeon, you know? And so they're like growing close to go, I go, and I was scared the living heck out of them. I go, ah, I got it. And they just both jump back. I mean, I scared them, you know? They go, what is it? I found the common denominator. They go, what is it? You. So the greatest communication starts with understanding better communication isn't on the ability of other people to communicate better. Better communication starts with your willingness to understand the four steps that I just explained. Be more interested in other people than you are in who you are and what you can do. Hopefully I demonstrated that with the way we opened this show because I was truly more interested in where you're going, Dean, aren't I? Right, right. Yeah. And that's rapport. I mean, uh, you mentioned, you know, we're the current state of things in maybe our society and the dialogue we're trying to have and, so often when I might feel that I'm not heard, my first response is to yell louder. Mm-hmm. And so now all of a sudden you have just people yelling past each other. And so shifting gears into saying, okay, hear it out, feed it back, clarify and discuss as adults uh, is so productive. I and mean, if, if we think about a family, if you think about a department at a fortune 50 company, if you think about a family owned business, 
all of them are operating in some sort of a system where we rely on each other to be successful. And how can we move forward effectively if we can't talk maturely about those things that we have to coordinate and, and work on together? Oh, you just nailed it, man. That was well put. All I would have to say to you is this, where the, the, you know, when I talk about the ability to talk to yourself better, you got to learn to stop lying to yourself. See, people say, I don't have time to do that. Really? You know how much time you waste by not doing that? Somebody says, no, I need to yell louder. Really? Try it this way. Next time nobody's, there isn't anybody listening to you. Stop talking. One of my principles that I talk about in the book, The Principles of an Unstoppable Family Business, is when people stop listening, stop talking. Don't Mm. yell. Mm. The opposite is what works. You would be amazed. Next time, Dean, you're talking to somebody, you know they stop listening, just stop talking. And I've seen that too with with teachers or trainers where the, the room is starting to get out of control and they actually begin talking more softly oh yeah or pause people think you forgot what you're going to say and then the most important thing is if you want better communication slow down see there's where i believe a lot of the good is coming into this country is we've been forced to slow down i'm not against it i'm for it and if you slow down you'll actually end up going faster just opposite of the truth People say you have to go faster to get more done. No, you don't. You actually go slower. You get a lot more done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then the one thing I would want to really identify when it comes to communication is be better at saying what is in your heart. Be, be less at communicating what is in your head. Because the head is, depending on what you're thinking about, will determine a lot of anger, hate, frustration, irritation. If your heart is pure and you really are a person of love and you really do understand that you're looking for why somebody's saying it, you're not really paying attention to what they say. Then you, when you're communicating from the heart, you're asking more questions. When you're communicating from the the mind, you're, for lack of better terms, you're releasing facts and details because you're trying to impress. So, what if I, 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 you had to I'm, think about that one. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about these situations where, you know, someone's working on themselves. They're really working on communicating more effectively. They're working on being a better person and building the relationship and doing those things. And they find themselves, you know, maybe it's a coworker at the business. Maybe it's a partner in their family business. Maybe it's someone they have a relationship with and, and they get to the, the point where they're like, I just, I can't do this anymore. Like, how do you confront that point where it's like, I feel like I've done everything I can. How do, how do I, how do I end it and still say, you know, still have a relationship? Well, you're asking for, that was an interesting question. How do I save it and still have a relationship? Well, the answer to that is to do what's right. You know, where relationships don't have a chance to ever exist long-term is maintaining uh, and holding on to what is wrong. Hmm. Too often I've, you know, I go back to the three laws I teach in leadership. You know, we talked about leadership. Law number one is when put in charge, take charge. B, if you, we're all leaders. You're leaders of your life. You're leaders of your home. You're leaders of your business. For goodness sakes, when put in charge, take charge. 
Number two is it never gets better than your advice. Meaning when you give advice, make sure it's good advice with a goal of putting them in a position where they're going to succeed. Don't put people in positions where it fills your need. Too often our communication is all about getting somebody to agree so we feel better about how we feel or how we think. Why don't we try to expand ourselves? Maybe we can't agree to disagree. Maybe we can agree we all don't know everything. And then the third one, which is the most important of all, if you can't change people, change people. You've heard me say that a million times. Right. So if a relationship is not working, then if you can't change people, change people. Because not until you're willing to do that, then you're allowing the relationship to really continue. If you keep it together, that's when you realize that you're destroying any possibility of a relationship. So let me make sure I understand that because people can feel, especially in a family business or in a family, people can feel like we have to do everything. We have to sacrifice everything for the sake of staying together. Yep. Especially in the farming industry and a lot of industries, very similar to that. Somebody says, well, how do I change? It's my husband. (laughs) Well, here's what you have to identify at that point. Okay. What are the triggers? I do this a lot. And usually it comes down just to a handful that is giving a lot more impression, a lot more negative, a lot more anxiety than any few can ever do if they just would identify the triggers. What are the specific triggers that's creating that feeling? And then, you know, then you follow the steps. You know, you, you know understand certain triggers are not going to change. So you got to love them for who they are. You know, like last time I checked, I had people tell me most of my whole life, you know, could you just have a little less energy? You just drive me nuts. <laughs> okay, Dean, I, that's, you're asking me to do something that I've learned to manage, but I never want to lose. Right. God, God gave me a lot of energy. Can you just stop being you? Yeah, exactly. Could you just stop being you? Um, and, and then, but once you identify the triggers, then here's what you do. Here's what you do. You begin to isolate them. And through isolation, you begin to open up other areas to be seen. Too often in in this situation where I've worked with uh, family businesses where it's just, I can't work with this person. I can't work with this, my son anymore. I can't work with my daughter anymore. Well, here's what I also know. If their advantage, you know, we do the living advantage thing. If their advantage is in alignment, because you're born with this, you're born with this. Too often in family businesses, Dean, and I don't want to get off on a tangent because we could go a whole nother show on this. Too often people put people put people in positions where it doesn't align to their advantage, but they got to do it because you're in the family, you are this, you have to do that. No, if you will align their advantage with what they do most of the day, then it begins to expand what you like about them more. If they're in a position where it doesn't align to their advantage, so their day is sucking energy from them, frustrating them day in and day out, it doesn't, it, they don't love what they do. And so those few triggers become very powerful. So the three-step process we go through there is first identify the triggers. What are the triggers? Somebody goes, triggers. Really? You don't know what, you don't know what a trigger is? I'm going to slap you. You know what they are. <laughs> Number two is, are they, I put them through the living advantage. I put them through the living advantage. So do we have the person in the right position? Does their advantage mask what, what, match what you're asking them to do? And then the third is very exciting because once you identify, yes, they're good at that. And I could give you hundreds of examples. Yes, that's, 
he's designed to be the president. He's designed to be the CFO. He or she is designed to be a accounting or he or she is designed to be in sales. Whatever the case may be, that's what they were born to do. Now that you have that, you begin to identify the triggers. And here's what you'll find. A lot of those triggers have a tendency to become their advantage. Now that it's clarified that they're in a better position. I remind people all the time where a husband and wife has built a business and you know as hard as it is to build a business, correct? Sure. Okay. Well, you know what? The reason why they succeeded at it is because they were very, very good at doing something very consistently and worked very hard. And then all of a sudden, by the way, all the success comes and the family and the spouse goes, well, we don't want you to be that way anymore. <laughs> That's dumber and stupid. <laughs> so identify the triggers, align the advantage with the job. And with that communication, I've never seen it. It's like a miracle, Dean. It's like a miracle. It's the thing in the whole wide world. It could be that the frustration of having with a person might be evidence that they're in the wrong role. And I don't even see that. I'm just experiencing all of this frustration and these triggers, but stepping back and saying, how do I set them up for success? And that that could help improve our relationship together. Dean, that's why it's so important to have, in my opinion, it's one of the things that people ask me all the time. Why do you love what you do so much? How could I not? I'm a third party that cares. With a goal, to, just like you and I met years ago, to be a friend for life. When I say that, I mean it, don't I, Dean? Yeah. Okay. So what I'm saying to you is this. You can say something and it, it, will, it sounds one way. But if somebody of authority comes and says it, they hear it a different way. My son, I remember for years, and I'll make a long story short because I know we're running out of time, but he was so amazing. I, I knew John. John's, John's my, I've got three kids. I love all three of my kids, but each one has their different talent. Well, John's smart. So he was so smart. He knows how to study a little and get an A. That's cheating, by the way. That's cheating. So I said, I, I figured out what he was doing. So I said, no, that's not going to be a good habit for you that you were born with really high level intelligence. And I said, so every time I was talking to him, he wasn't hearing it. So then I had a very close friend of mine that was um, highly respected in the community. Um, if I used his name, everybody would know him. So I just don't think that's appropriate. But I asked him to do me a favor, take my lunch, take my, my son to lunch. And he goes, okay, why? I said, you've asked me to do that with your son. He goes, got it. I said, here's what I want you to do. I want to share these ideas with my son. Okay. He said, okay, I can perfect. Cause that fits it. I believe in it. We're good. So he takes my son to lunch. My son comes home after lunch and he goes, dad, that guy's a genius. <laughs> he said this and this and this. And I'm sick. I wanted to say, what? I've been telling you that for 22 years, right? <laughs> it doesn't matter who says it. It only matters that they receive it. So here's my point. A family sitting there, say you got a family of five. Each one of them been put in positions. Really, you and I both know why. Okay, it could be a spouse. You need to be president. You need to be vice president. It could be uh, prestige. It could be their friends. You, you better be this and you better be that. Because if you're not, somebody else in the family is better than you. You follow me on this? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> so, so there's no way from internal is it possible for them to accomplish it. It's not possible. But then when somebody like me comes in and I spend time with the family, we get, we get to like each other, we trust each other, they understand that, okay, I have their best interest in mind. 
both them and their spouses and their kids. So now they're saying, we're going to, we're going to hear what Brian has to say. Anybody can listen. Very few people have the ability to hear. So I cannot share my advice until I'm comfortable they are in a position where they can hear. Once they can hear, then I can, through facts and processes, okay, show them how we've come to this conclusion. And 99% of the time, first of all, they come pull me aside and says, you know what, I've never wanted to do that. I only want to do it because so-and-so wanted me to do it, and he wanted me to do it, and I'm so miserable at it, but I couldn't go out because I'd lose face. It'd be like, where am I going to go? I'm a loser. He said, by you doing it the way you did, I got a chance to do what I've always wanted to do, and now I'm benefiting the family business, and I'm more happy with my family, and my family's more happy, and everything is better. How we can find ourselves trapped because we're not willing to do something, and that is, and I share this um, very important point. And those of you that are listening right now, if you have kids, ask your kids this question. Asking for advice is a sign of and then stop. Have them fill it in. The majority of kids today have been taught asking for advice is a sign of weakness. You and I both know, Dean, that's wrong. Right. Asking for advice is a sign of strength. What you have to learn to do is make sure that you don't ask people that are more messed up than you. Yeah. I hope I said that well. Yeah, for sure. So how do you accomplish these communicational processes? You never do it alone. Because if they could, they would have already done it. Right. You know, people say, why should we hire you? I said, well, everything we're going to do, you could have done. Correct? They go, yeah. They go, man, you don't beat around the bush. I said, that's true. And But let me just ask you a question. How long have you guys had to be able to accomplish all the things you've wanted to do? 10 years. Do you think 10 years validates you guys can't do it? They say, yeah. I said, that's why you need me. Yep. But with Dodge Development, we only stay no more near. We, we get them to a point where we give them the reins and they fly. But more important, we're friends for life. And that to me is where I am in my life right now. Is I get to pick who I want to be friends with, just like I chose to do the show with you, because I believe in you. And I believe whoever has an opportunity to, to reach out to you and, and have you help them will never regret it. Because what you know is huge. What you can do was a gift that was given to you. But why you do it is the whole reason I'm on your show. You do it for the right reasons. Well, I appreciate our relationship and the insights that you always are able to inspire me with. I mean, it is, it's, it's, every conversation we have is entertaining, inspiring, and enlightening. And so uh, it's, it's just a blessing. And I appreciate what you've shared with the listeners today. Is there, is there something you have shared that you want to really highlight or maybe something that you want to make sure when people think about great communication that, that they shouldn't forget? Yeah, there's so much to that, but there's really comes down to where does it all start? Most communication goes wrong because you already came into it determining where it was going to go. The best communication always has possibilities when you enter in your home with the understanding that you're more interested where they are than where you've been. And more importantly, when somebody comes to you, you're more interested in why they are saying it, not how or what they're saying. That's awesome. The principles of an unstoppable family business, the good life rules, awesome books. 
what resources, if people want more insight on the stuff that you work on, things that you talk about, where, where would you guide them? Here's what, here's what I love to do, Dean. You know I love to give, right? Mm-hmm. Because I can. So if, um, if, you know, during the time people are listening to this and they feel like I, they're walking away from something that's very beneficial, I'm thankful for that. Because two people that care for each other as much as you and I care for our families and also for each other, because we're brothers. Agreed? Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. So here's what I would say is anybody that emails you and um, can you give them your email address? Yep. I'll have it. Uh, it's Dean at ClarisResults.com and I'll repeat it again at the end. Mm-hmm. Good. You send Dean uh, an email and say, Hey, I listened to the show. Uh, Dean was awesome. Brian is weird, but it's okay. <laughs> and I really would like to get the principles of an unstoppable family business. Um, that would be a gift. So the first two people that send you the email, all you do is send those to Tiffany. Awesome. In my office, and she will mail those books out to those two people. And also, if somebody is saying, you know, that advantage, it's not a, it's not a personality test. It's what are you the best at? What were you born at? What can you do the best? It's amazing when we know what we're the best at. Just make sure the majority of your day you're doing it. Oh my gosh, talk about energize your life. That'll do it every time. If two people, or when, not if, but when two people email you and say that living advantage, it's called living advantage, I would like to take it. If they will send you their email address, okay, which you already have, and just a number to make sure that if it doesn't go through, we can call them to make sure we get it to them. I will send each one of them two codes, one for them to use for themselves and one for a special other. Wow. And those are my gifts to the people that are listening to the program today. And obviously, it's very easy to find me. Just Google Brian Dodge. I mean, last time I checked, there's too many pages lately. On the other hand, BrianDodge.com. You can go there and look and I'd be honored. Brian with a Y. Brian with a Y. But most importantly, um, in the Good Life Rules book, it's good to hear that people are learning uh, to do this more than ever before. And those are my favorite three words that I always end up every program with or anytime I'm on stage. Bring energy home. That's right. Don't go home without it. Bring energy to your family. Bring energy to your home. But more importantly, bring energy to you as a person to become better at what you do and why you do it so that you can be a catalyst to better communications and not broken ones. I hope that's a good way for us to end the show. That's tremendous. Brian Dodge, thank you so much for your generosity of books and uh, the living advantage. Uh, I'll say my email again and people can uh, try to be in that first group. Thank you so much. And the insights that you shared today are so powerful. I hope people will go back and listen to this show again because there's some tools in here that can truly make a difference Yeah, it makes a difference in the bottom line, but more importantly, it makes a difference in the joy that people have in their relationships. And I thank you so much for the work that you do every day to help people with that and that you gave your time so generously today in sharing that message. You're welcome, my friend. For life. For life. Talk to you later. It's always a fun and insightful conversation with Brian. If you missed my email address for Brian's offer, 
That's dean at clarisresults.com, D-E-A-N at C-L-A-R-U-S results.com. Reach out to me and maybe you get there in time for Brian's offer. And if there's any topics or further conversations that you'd like to have when it comes to improving communication in your organization or in your own life, I'd love to chat with you. And I look forward to talking to you again next week.